Madison, Illinois, 1958, a young girl went shopping, telling her grandmother she needed to go look for a blouse. This was the last time her family saw her. This is a story of Bonnie Lee Scott. Bonnie Lee Scott goes missing September 22nd, 1958, not September 2nd. Enjoy the episode. Hello, good evening. Welcome back to Kelly's Coffee and Crime Chat. This is Kelly and I am here to bring you another true crime case. Now, this one will be up early for subscribers, but will appear on my podcast Friday uh, the 8th. I'm going to upload or publish it on Friday, but for Spotify Spotify subscribers and Patreon, it's going to go up tonight, which is Tuesday, December 6th, right? The 5th, sorry. Tuesday, December 5th. Gotta get my day right. I am drinking Java Mama white chocolate raspberry truffle. This is one I've never had. It is in our 12 days of coffee and it is very good. It's very good. I never, I, I, for some reason, I don't know. I just wasn't sure if I'd like it, but it is a very good coffee. Mm. 12 days of coffee makes a very great gift for yourself or for a friend or family member. Java Mama's Clean and Green air roasted better for your gut so you get the taste of the whole bean and not the roaster also available in k cups so you get ground whole bean or single which are the 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 cups for the the curry machine or um any other machine that you have that you can use them for so I am bringing you episode 74 which is a shock I say that every time that I have this many episodes um my sources are AmericanHauntingsInk.com and IDNC.Library.Illinois.Edu and www.WorthPoint.com. That's Worth, W-O-R-T-H, Point.com. Okay. This is a name that I have not heard of, but she's come up. Her name has come up because she was linked to another um famous murder um at the end of this if I can remember I'm going to recommend oh I have it written down there is a book and I will recommend that at the end okay this is Bonnie Lee Scott now Bonnie Lee Scott lived in Addison Illinois and she was a sophomore at York Community High School now she um Her parents were going through a divorce, so she lived with her aunt and uncle, and they are Jean and Robert, I cannot pronounce their last name, so I'm not even going to try. It's S-C-H-W-O-L-W. Their daughter, 15-year-old Sue, and her grandmother, who is her mother's mom, so it's her maternal grandmother, Doris Hitchens, and um, she worked as a babysitter and of children in her area and they lived in a nice quiet community 
Um, so she was a regular babysitter of the children in her community. And there was a time that she took off with one of her friends and spent the week, the weekend in the city. Now, I would have done that <laughs> uh, as a young girl. I know she's a sophomore in high school. You're too young to be doing that. But she spent the week, weekend in the city, and then she skipped school every once in a while. So she was a little bit, you know, maybe, I don't know if I would say wild, but at that time, that was just something that you just, it was just, um, more like the rebellious side a little bit. Um, she went, this was on September 2nd of 1958. She told her grandmother she needed to look for a blouse and she was going to go shopping. Well, they, this was about the last time they saw her. She never came home. And when they contacted police, the police thought she was a runaway because of her past, you know, of always, you know, taken off. And, um, I mean, not always taken off. I mean, she did it once in a while, but, um, they actually came in contact with some teenagers who saw Bonnie at a diner around 7.30 that night. Uh, and that was on September 22nd. She was also seen shopping at a store that was next to the police station. And that was the last time that was known that anybody had seen her. Now... I don't know why I've got, okay, now I need to get my, my facts right on the date. For some reason, I think this is a mistake. I said here that it was September 22nd, but it was actually September 2nd, which I wrote down at the very beginning of this. Um, the next day, a man called Bonnie's house. Now he told her aunt that he got a couple calls about a guy who fought with Bonnie and her aunt, this was her aunt Jean. Well, she called the police about it because it just seemed odd, it, you know. Well, this man who called was 23-year-old Charles Melquist. And he told a police detective this exact same story. He said he got a call at 8.15 p.m. And he said that Bonnie hung up after he said that it was it was her problem, what he was telling him. Um, and then he also claimed to have, he claimed to be friends with Bonnie and she had called him because she was needing a ride or something. It was some story about she needed a ride and she was stranded and couldn't get, she needed him to come pick her up. And that's when he hung up, said it's her problem. And then he said that he regretted saying that now because she went missing. But he said that she thought of him as a big brother. Now, the second phone call that this guy got was around 11 o'clock that same night from some guy who said that Bonnie got out of his car and because they had an argument and he wanted Charles to come and get her. So, okay, this sounds similar. Okay, it sounds like two people, but why are they both calling him? But um, instead of calling like her parents, you know, uh, you think she would call home or something, but Charles went to the area and this area was near route 66 and Mannheim road. That's if I'm saying that right, M A N N H E I M, but she wasn't there. So detectives had Bonnie's small address book 
and they were tracing the, they were looking up all the names in it. They questioned about 38 young guys. Two of them were given polygraphs. Now nothing came of this. So the case went cold. They couldn't find, they couldn't find anything else. Now on November 15th of 1958, a group of boy scouts were hiking in the Argon, if I can say this, A-R-G-O-N-N-E, woods, forest preserve. And they found a nude body of a young female. She had been decapitated. And this location was a few miles from where the Grimes sisters were found a couple years before. And the Grimes sisters was a very high profile case back then. Um, two young girls who disappeared on the way to the movie theater. Uh, and that's when um, the same place and the same, the area reminded them of this murder. Um, this young female had been stabbed many times with a large knife. Her clothes were nowhere to be found. And she was... Bonnie Lee Scott. Now, investigators were very interested in this Charles because of it being Bonnie's quote unquote friend. And Charles heard that they were looking for him. So he went to the station on his own at 1130 PM on a Sunday night. He sat down with detectives. They went over his statements and they let him go. They told him he was not a suspect, but in fact, he was. They were impounding his car just as he was talking to detectives. Charles was brought in again the next day. He told them the exact same story. So detectives figured he had memorized it because it must've been like right to a T, like the same words, the same everything. Um, Charles took two polygraphs. First one, he bombed it, just failed it horribly. So they took him to, for the second test, they took him to the office of a polygraph expert and police consultant. Now, I don't know if it was because they wanted to make sure, no, there was, you know, with somebody else there, maybe that the test would be given, like there wouldn't be anything wrong with it, you know. Um, I'm not really sure about back then how accurate the polygraphs were in the 50s. Mm. You had to take a drink of coffee there. So on the way to take the second test, Charles said to one of the detectives, quote unquote, the jig is up. He failed the second test. And right after this, he wrote a seven page confession and was booked for murder. Now talk was going around, especially after the newspapers came out about him confessing to Bonnie Lee Scott's murder. And as people talk, more info came out about his history and his contact with Bonnie plus other girls. He had a history of making obscene phone calls and stalking. One girl claimed Charles tried to choke her in his car. Um, two other girls have said this also about him when they were out on dates with him with it. He tried to choke them. The day after his confession, Charles reenacted the murder of Bonnie saying he killed her in his driveway in Villa Park. He said it was an accident that he smothered her with a pillow. That was just an accident. They were just goofing around, you know, you know, put a pillow over someone's face. It's just a joke. Yeah. So he accidentally smothered her. So he stuck her clothes under his car seat and dumped her body. Now he kept returning 
to the place where he dumped her body, making sure she was still there because he said he just couldn't believe that it was even true. He just couldn't believe he did that. He couldn't believe it was happening. So he would go back and, and see if she was still there. Three weeks later, he returned to dig a grave. But I guess instead of going through with digging the grave, I don't know if that got too hard or what the deal was. So he decapitated her. Um, he cut her head off. And he said he got rid of the knife and her clothes in the woods. And from what I read, these were never found. And after this confession, he got an attorney and then he denied his confession, claimed he was hypnotized into confessing by one of the detectives or whoever it was that they hypnotized him. Okay, his trial was April of 1959 and Charles took the stand saying he was under a hypnotic spell. He was found guilty by a jury on May 2nd. June 12th, Charles Melquist was sentenced to 99 years in Joliet prison. But, but he only served 11 years. He was paroled and got married and had two kids. How he only served 11 years, I don't know. I don't understand that. Why are you sentenced to 99 years in Joliet prison and then you only serve 11? I don't know if he got out. Well, it says he was paroled. How can you be paroled that fast? I mean, I don't know. Maybe because I know back then they didn't have DNA. They, they weren't good at getting proof that he actually did it. But uh, yeah, he had two kids. Died in 2010. I never found out what he died of. Now, like I said before, he had been linked to the Grimes sisters murders and that happened in January of 1957. There is a book about this. It's called The Two Lost Girls. Troy Taylor is the author and I might look at that on thrift books. I get a lot of really good used copies cheap on thriftbooks.com and that's a recommendation if anybody's looking for any anything like that. Um... The book of the two lost girls is about the Grimes sisters and Bonnie Lee Scott kind of went into the, oh, how do I want to say it? Um, you know, when something overshadows, they kind of go by the wayside because the Grimes sisters was so investigated and investigated that they just thought this girl had the same killer as they did so I think that um, the Grimes crime murders I think was proven that it was not Charles Link uh, Melquist and I think I got that from other podcasts and other news currently I was going to look up the Grimes sisters and see if it was, but I did not want to bring that one in. The Grimes sisters murders is very high profile. It can be heard on a lot of different podcasts. And I wanted to cover Bonnie Lee Scott because she has not been talked about as much. A lot of people has not heard of her, but uh, so that's why I wanted to talk about her. The Grimes sisters had a lot of theories, a lot of different suspects, and it's 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 a very complicated case. It's a very good case, so I do recommend um, to 
look for a podcast. And one that I heard this crime on is a podcast called Morbid, which I really like. I've always liked them. Um, they did uh, this recently. And I've, I've heard it on a couple other ones. I don't know if Going West has done it, but Going West is one of my all-time favorite podcasts. Um, so I'm not sure if they've done it. It seems like they have, but it is a, it is something else. It is a very complicated case. It's, it's pretty popular. It was popular back then. It was really big because it took so long to find somebody who did it. And like I said, I'm not sure if it's solved. I kept thinking it was, but now I'm not sure because there were so many theories. I don't know if there was anything really proven on who, who killed these girls. Uh, but, um, these two do sound similar. They sound like similar cases. So that's my recommendation. The two lost girls. And I am planning on looking that up. And I am going to correct myself on when Bonnie Lee, Bonnie Lee Scott went missing. If it was September 2nd or 22nd. Sometimes I get to writing and I miss something. So it, I, I want to look that up and I want to correct it. So I'm going to put a, a correction on here. And I'm going to try to fit it in before the podcast starts. So I want to, I, I really want to get my facts right on this. So um, as I do all my podcasts, because I, I hate to be wrong on, you know, a lot of things as I'm talking about them. But that's the story of Bonnie Lee Scott. And it just pains me that this guy only served 11 years, 11 for what he did to her. And left her there for for, and then three weeks later came off, came back back and decapitated her. It, it I don't. It, it's just horrible. So, I want to thank everybody for your support. I uh, do my best to get an episode out episode out every weekend. And with the holidays coming, it's kind of difficult. But I do have a list of them. If anybody has any suggestions, you can email me, Kelly's Coffee Crime at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram, Kelly's Coffee Crime Chat. And then I have a Facebook page, private group, which is Kelly's Coffee and Crime Chat, just like the podcast title. So if I'll put everything in the show notes. I'm going to put the Java Mama and I'm going to put, um, I'm going to try to remember to list the name of the book in the show notes. And I'm trying to think of, oh, I, I usually finish my podcasts. As a lot of people know I usually finish them with Something I've seen recently on a uh, TV or streaming channel or something like that. And I just watched Exorcist Believer on Peacock. It's okay. Um, in my opinion, I it was one of those I watched and then I kind of like forgot I watched. It. Like it didn't stay in my head basically. But I did like the ending. There was a little surprise at the end if anybody has seen the movie they know what I'm talking about I was like whoa but um it was just a nice little surprise it wasn't a plot twist or anything it was just a nice little surprise that happened at the very end of it so but if anybody's seen it let me know what you think of this I did like the fact that it wasn't gory I like the fact that it wasn't horribly overdone like the vulgarity and stuff in the first one just I I mean I can watch it but it it really just man they just said did so much in that movie and it was there were some gross parts and there was some I mean there was a couple kind of goryish parts but not like I don't know it, it didn't bother me as much I um 
but there were parts in it I really did not like. Um, I didn't like. Um, now, Ellen Burstyn comes back, who was the mother in the original, and something happened to her in it I didn't like. She lives. I mean, nothing happened. She doesn't get killed, but I didn't like that. I'm like, why did they do that? There were just parts in it that I was, I don't know. It just did not fit together. Or so. I don't know. It was, it was just, it was okay. I was actually surprised that it was directed by David Gordon Green, who did the new Halloween movies. Really? Because I loved how the new Halloween uh, 2018 and Halloween Kills. I liked both of them. I know a lot of people didn't like Halloween Kills. I did. Uh, I wasn't crazy about the third one, Halloween Ends, but I liked it enough to where I can, I can watch all three of them. I, I expected more though on that, on the last one. But yeah, David Gordon Green is the one who does The Exorcist Believer. And I don't know. I was just kind of disappointed in it. Um, I did watch another movie on Peacock called Genie, which is a Peacock original with Melissa McCarthy. That's a cute one. That's a cute one. It's not, it's not one, again, it's not one that stays in my head. It's not one that I cracked up laughing and over and over and was talking about it to everybody, but it was just a cute movie to watch. It was, it was, you know, for around the holidays, I thought it was cute. So those are my two movies I watched over the weekend and, uh, getting a lot of Christmas movies. I'm going to start putting in Christmas Vacation. I watch that every year. I watch Scrooged with Bill Murray. I watch all kinds of Christmas movies. Uh, Medea's uh, Christmas. I love that. So um, that's all for today. I wanted to just get this out for early access and it will appear on the podcast on Friday. So you can listen on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a wonderful week, everybody, and weekend, and a wonderful Christmas season. And I will see you next time. <laughs>